Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 268, covering Distant Origin and Displaced with Gav Brown. Hi, friends. It's uh, Irish Gav time. Been, been a little while, has it not? Hello, Tis. Irish Gav. There you go. Top of the it's, morning. It's, there we go. There's, there, get all that out of the way. Right now. It's, it it was so weird when you're like, it's, and I kept waiting for you to say the date for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> star, well, it's uh, start date. I don't know. It's April 23rd, 2016, and we're, you're on the Voyager recording podcast. Is that what it's called now? The Voyager Recording Podcast. We record Voyager. Oh, Voyager. So Gav, having having scouted ahead, knows where the good ones are and uh, yeah. wisely grabbed up uh, the, the distant origins, the first of our two episodes. Grabbing the good ones and not telling us about the landmines. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is the good one, and all the rest are the landmines. Oh, man. That's... Uh... Well, for this series... Mm. Oh, oh, okay then. Do you know about Enterprise? Do you know like? Uh, no, I haven't. Good? No, not really. Oh, I've been led to understand any? that they're all terrible. Uh, See, well, at the moment, uh, I'm like Neelix guiding you through the Delta portion, but when you get to Enterprise, it's beyond what I know. Oh God! Uh, well, at some point, you stop being Neelix, <laughs> so that you got one up on Neelix there. <laughs> Take that, Neelix! Yeah, take everything. You've got it coming. Please stop uh, hitting me. Never. I want a pinata shaped like Neelix. Run him over Fi- the car. Filled with smaller Neelixes that I can also pump. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Neelix is all the uh, way down. Yeah, oh, it is too. Yeah. All right, Gav, why don't you tell us about this episode that uh that that you knew was good and and you were right. You were you were right about this. Uh Distant Origins. Yes. Well, uh, archaeological professor Gagan and his glamorous assistant Veer, who are bipedal reptilians, discover a skeleton of a Voyager crewman in the cave. With me so far? It's a genetic match to their species, the Voth. They take it to the Voth Inquisition, who dismisses their finds, as the Voth can't be related to a mere mammalian species, so the professor vows to find more proof. They find Voyager by following the trail of destruction and observe undetected <laughs> using cloaking devices until Harry, him, detects them. <laughs> the professor panics and transports him and Chakotay, him, back to his ship, leaving Veer. Uh, very quickly, he realizes this was a huge mistake, but questions Chakotay <laughs> about Earth, their origin planet in common. What are the species like? How long have humans been there? And are there any celebrities left after 2016? Gagan, de- <laughs> Gagan decides to bring Chakotay to the Ministry as proof that they're linked, not that humans have no personality. Before that can happen, Voyager is beamed into the Voth's giant vessel where it loses power. The Voth take over and the Professor meets the Inquisition again. He is accused of going against doctrine, committing heresy by thought, heresy by deed. Uh, I'll come in again. He is given the chance to deny his theory, but refuses. For some reason, Chakotay is allowed to speak, and he says Voyager's data backs him up. Veer is brought, and having been threatened, says that Gagan's research is flawed. 
The minister finds Gagan guilty and sentences him and the Voyager crew to a life imprisonment. Not wanting to see the Voyager crew receive this, he recants his theory. He is then reassigned to metallurgical analysis and Voyager leaves both space. Forever. Where there'll be no trouble at all? (laughs) Yes. Are we not doing that anymore? Uh, Where where (laughs) there'll be no trouble at all. (laughs) Are we not doing phrasing anymore? (laughs) Lana. Um, yeah, so this one was, like, very unconventional, I would say. I liked it a lot. You know, the the opening, it, like, we do we do the weird opening where, like, none of our guys are around, and all we, the only character we have is a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, the skull of, uh, was it, like, Ensign Hogan? Was that who it was? It was Ensign, uh, eaten by a snake monster, apparently. Right, from, oh, what was the episode? The uh, one where the Kazon stole Voyager and left them on that terrible KV planet. Yeah. Space, basic part two, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's there you go. Basics. All right. Yeah. And which was also a good callback, like good uh, good continuity. Yeah, it's that, again, it's that weird Voyager continuity where they're willing to call back to old stuff. They're just not willing to tell, you know, ongoing stories. Uh, occasionally they will, but yeah. And actually, there's a couple of those here because there's that. Mm. And then there's also, as this guy's putting the pieces together, he goes to the space station on the edge of the Necrot Expanse, mm. where Neelix had his stupid crime adventure. Oh, like it a, right. It, it was oh. a dumb episode, but it was a good callback. Mm-hmm. The Necrot ex- Expanse. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was cool that they sort of do that to show, well, like I said, their trail of destruction where they <laughs> Yeah, that was only beaten. half a joke. <laughs> yeah, half a joke. Yeah. That's, that's all I do. <laughs> No, I mean, there was truth in it, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. And that's why it was funny. Yeah. Well, thanks for explaining. <laughs> Otherwise, I would never know. That's right. Anyway, sorry. didn't mean to cut you off there, guys. Uh, yeah. That's all I had to say. Oh. On that, well, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was good that this guy's like, oh, a skull. I wonder where this skull is from. And then he starts snooping. Around. Hey, anyone seen this skull? Uh, yeah, that looks like a skull I met a couple of weeks back. Oh, really? And he's got a whole skull diary. <laughs> like, tracking the movements of the skull. And no, I don't know. Should have sent like my it. skull diary to the Marx Brothers. Do they have the Marx Brothers in the Delta Quad? Uh, they're the Space Marx Brothers. I, they might be, like, abducted with the 37s. That's L- about the same listen, if period. they have Space Paul Lind in the next episode, then it's probably got <laughs> Space Marx Brothers. I guess that's true. The Space Except Mar- it's all gummo. But they're going to be Talaxians, aren't they? Uh, uh, of course yes. No, those are the Three Stooges. The Three Stooges yes. would be Talaxian for sure. The Marx Brothers would be something. I feel like Groucho would be a Vulcan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing a, a Vulcan with that uh, with that stooped posture. Yep. That'd be perfect. I, I wouldn't belong to any club that would have me as a member. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally see that. What are you talking anyway, about? The Captain Federation? Abuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Captain, if you say the secret word, you will win $100. A hundred of your Earth dollars, <laughs> but no, I I do like the uh, the teaser and the first act and maybe the second act. Like, there's a good, as you've said, Gav, like fifteen minutes where we don't see any of our guys. No, no, the only one we see is is a skeleton, right? Which is good. And and then he does like a projected model of what he thinks the guy looks like, and that didn't look familiar <laughs> to me. I love the pose on the on the projected model. He's just like, I don't know where you guys came from. Yeah, maybe <laughs> his arm is over here. Uh, oh. We think they're a handsome reptile species. <laughs> the, I think 
and I, I really like, I, actually, this is my good thing. My favorite kinds of Star Trek episodes have a lot of stuff going on. Like I talked about this in the Tholian web and I talked about this through some next gen and DS9 episodes where you have a cool concept and then you have other stuff on top of that and other stuff on top of that. And it's just like not one idea, but a few different things. And despite the fact that this was written by the dream team of Braga and Minoski, yeah. by which I mean episodes about dreams from this team, the ep- this episode actually fits that description. There were a ton of cool ideas, like, that all fit together really nicely. Oh, yeah. I, like, this is my good... I love the dinosaur people so much. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a cool concept that we have an entire race that evolved from Earth dinosaurs, and then they fucked off to space, and that we're just finding them now. Also, now that's dinosaur people. Well, that's essentially the plot of the Super Mario Brothers movie, isn't it? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Except the, then it was dinosaurs that fucked off because Earth was hit by a meteorite that created a parallel universe that they were all shunted into. The Super Which, Mario Brothers movie is not very good, nor no. is it loyal to the source material. No. <laughs> I have Riff a lot Tracks. of opinions about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Riff Tracks did a decent uh, riffing of it, though. Oh, I'm sure they did. Out. But yeah, but it, I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Like, these humanoids evolved from dinosaurs and, like, left the planet at some point. My, my only real problem with that is there's mm. no evidence that they were on Earth. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence that they traveled anywhere between Earth and the Delta Quadrant. Like, they left absolutely no, not a trace of, of fossil evidence or, uh, you know, material like technology or anything on Earth or anywhere from between Earth and where they are now. And that just seems really. But, but that's right, because well, it was all on Atlantis. Yeah. And it was then yeah, destroyed. Yeah, they did imply that. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't say it. Hail Atlantis. Yeah. They basically said it, though. <laughs> Also, I have real problems with the fact that we're exploring the universe and we still haven't checked out all of the ocean yet, apparently. Yeah. Like, what? Do you I mean, guys, all... Are you guys just not interested? Is James Cam- Cameron finally dead? <laughs> yeah, he died after filming Avatar 7. Uh, <laughs> he was, killed, it have been he was killed after filming Avatar 7. Yes, well, that's, yes that's by fair. me. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite story about the four Avatar sequels he's making right now is because someone said in a tweet they didn't like Avatar, so now they are making four movies to spite that person. Four spite <laughs> movies, that's amazing. That's a real thing. Uh-huh. Like, look that up, it's so great. I can't. Anyway. I would love to get to the point where I have enough money that a, a random person on Twitter can piss me off, like, fuck you, four more multi-billion dollar movies. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you're right. Like you, you would think they would have explored the ocean by now. Like you don't get to go to the final frontier until you clean up the last frontier. Yeah. Nah, we're not too interested in that frontier. It's very it's wet not, down it, there. It's just too wet. Well, it's the sea, isn't it? Yeah. That's like what the wettest thing we have. I about that. Yeah. Aside from Harry Kim. <laughs> Take that special boy. Ugh. That's another thing Gav is, like, sort of, I mean, you know, in, in your subtle British-y way, gloating. You're not really gloating, but you're still kind of gloating. Like, see, I told you Harry Kim was terrible. He is. He's Harry Terrible. <laughs> it's his middle name. Special Terrible. Harry, Harry T. Kim. <laughs> but, like, for the, the first couple of seasons. <laughs> for the first couple of seasons, we were like, um, you know, he's not so bad. What's your problem? And then just after that. Harry is special episode. We we're just like, I, I hate mean, him. It had been com- like finally. It had been coming for a while, but that the the special boy episode really tipped him over. It's like, all right, I think we're done here. Yeah. And, and Gav's just like, so now now you see, now you understand. Look, I don't need to say anything. 
No. Nope. I just and, and sit here looking smug. The work speaks for itself. <laughs> and you know, you're you're on another continent, but I know you're steepling your fingers. I just know. <laughs> I'm never not tell. steepling my fingers. Well, that's fair. He's petting that cat we heard earlier. <laughs> it must be difficult to type your summary that way. <laughs> Do it with my nose. Uh, ah, that explains it. Uh, Gav, what was your good thing? What was my good thing? Uh, I like the downbeat ending where the mm-hmm. ministry wins and Gagan is shuffled off to metallurgical analysis. Uh, I think it really makes this episode. He's basically given a boring job and mm-hmm. Voyager mm-hmm. is sort of shunted off and never to be seen by these people again. It's pretty much against the grain of Voyager and the fact that they uh, that they have to move on leaving him defeated is pretty cool as well. We we talked about this during the episode. I actually would have really enjoyed if they'd taken him with them. Yeah, and that kind of made me think it would have been cool for this show overall to pick people up as they went. Yeah. Like, just add people to the cast and maybe kill some off and, you know, so forth. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the cast is uh, the most handsome person in uh, America, so they're not going anywhere. (laughs) That's true. Sorry, go ahead, Gaff. Yeah, it would be cool if they could uh, leave people behind and pick other people up. Yeah. But I suppose they only... we have some of the same core people when we get back home, but a lot of different people. I would love if Voyager got home and no one from the original cast was there. <laughs> Who are you people again? Oh, what are you doing with our ship? We're the crew of Voyager. We thought we'd bring it home for you. Where's Captain Janeway? Oh, she died like three seasons ago. <laughs> it was very tragic. Well, that would be cool. You mean s- and it was like, com- yeah, completely different people who were going back to Earth, even though they'd never been there. Yeah. See, every time we think of a way to make the show better, we come up with a, like just a whole better premise for a series. Yeah, and it always seems to involve getting rid of the cast. <laughs> Odd that. In, uh, in subtle what? ways. Keep keep Janeway and Tuvok. I like some of the others, but those two are the ones that, that would have to still be there. Mm. Everyone else, mm, it's fine. Anyway, no, I it, it is a downbeat ending, and I also like that it's not a completely, like, he wasn't their society's version of excommunicated. He was just sort of shuffled off into the mail room. Yeah, which is so much worse. Getting excommunicated, at least you can be proud of that. It's like, yeah, that I yeah, this, knew something, so they got rid of me. Now he's This just, guy wasn't a martyr. He's just, like, in a job he doesn't like. He's just going to spend the rest of his life cataloging rocks. Yeah. Like like all of us just shuffled into a job he he never saw himself doing as a grown up. Yeah, exactly. That's what metallurgy is, right? I don't know. It's a study of metals. Yeah, somebody something to do with metals. Yeah. Uh, I you guys are kind of talking over my head here. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's getting pretty scientific. I just I, I I know it's one of those technologies you discover in about the 1800s in civilization in, yeah. in an average game of civilization. Yeah, that That's sounds about right. Yeah. Um what else? Well, no, uh, what else? Lots of things. It was a good episode. Yeah, it really was. And and in a lot of ways, very, like we say, unconventional. Mm-hmm. Like we spent, the, the main POV was from these aliens. And I, one of the things I didn't love was they tried to get a little experimental with the camera and do some weird fisheye extreme close-up-y type stuff. Oh, yeah. That was an odd it, choice. Uh, Gavin and I were talking about this, and it felt like they wanted to do something weird, but they didn't really go far enough with it mm-hmm. no it's just if they wanted to do something weird but then they were told keep it you know not too weird let's not go crazy right. here let's yeah rain it in oh okay. calm down calm down guys we're on the upn network here we're not here to take risks <laughs> that's that's their motto <laughs> i was meanwhile homeboys from outer space <laughs> 
that's all. Just just remember that show existed. I wish that was a Star Trek spin-off. It kind of was. Oh, oh God. I mean, James, James Doohan was in it anyway. Oh, James God, Doohan really? was in Knight Rider 2000. Um, my bad thing, though, yes. was, mm-hmm. okay, we did this whole evolution versus religion thing, and I know Star Trek has done this before. If not specifically evolution, definitely some kind of Galileo type or some kind of, you know, oh, like, sure. like a scientist saying, no, the world is like this. And the, the authorities on that planet being, no, it's really like this. Oh, I'm like, sure that came up tons of times on DS9. Like, I Yeah, but it was done well on DS9. I just found it very ham-fisted here. Oh, yes, It, it was quite similar, not, not exactly, but quite similar to First Contact as well, where they wanted to go mm. into space and the uh, zealot guy didn't want to. Right. Um, oh, first, first contact the episode. The yeah. episode, not, the not the movie. Sorry. Right. Yeah, that's that's actually true. I hadn't thought of that, but you're mm. you're absolutely right. But and I know they did it on DS Nine at least once when um, Keiko was uh, had the school and was teaching uh, the, that the prophets are just aliens, and Kai Win got really upset. First because... appearance of Kai Win. Oh yeah, so it was. Mm-hmm. Kai Win versus Keiko should have been her last appearance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just I thought like. With all the cool concepts in this, and I don't usually give Braga credit for cool concepts. Usually that's where he fails for mm-hmm. me. Like, I think he does decent character stuff, and I think his concepts are kind of dumb. And in this case, I actually like the concepts. But the 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 moral tone that it took, the the story it was actually trying to tell, I didn't, I didn't care for. Mm. Which is the same thing we've seen a hundred times and nothing new on that front. Like, the same argument, science versus religion, religion wins. Well, it doesn't help that the representation of religion is the devil. Like, we got a real, uh, speaking of Kai Wynn, we got another character very similar to her. She was great. Oh, she was fantastic. She Sitting was on her like, big-ass dinosaur throne that was stolen from the Coneheads. <laughs> <laughs> I the killed the Coneheads was... to get this chair. Yeah. <laughs> I went all the way to France to <laughs> make this chair. <laughs> it's made from the bone of bones of dead Coneheads is actually what it is. It's made from Coneheads in in bone form. Right. Mm-hmm. Not skeletons. That's a different thing. No, just bo- just cone heads made of bones. Right. Bones. Bones. <laughs> but no, she was she was very cool. She was like the the crazy evil matriarch of of their religion and uh I, good acting, good mm-hmm. like uh good performance. Her her last her last scene in the episode is really great where she's she's just like and you recant everything you say? Yes, I do. You admit that there could be that there could be a different theory that is also true. Yes, I admit that. And then she turns to Chakotay and says, "And I would strongly recommend that we do not see you in this sector again." Yep. Uh, there's a real Kai Win, or Gav. You pointed out she reminded you of someone from a, a next oh, episode. Oh, uh, the drumhead. Um, the the oh, what was her name? Well, oh, Jean Simmons Ju- was the actress, wasn't she? Judge Nora Satie. Nora yes. Nora Satie. Yes, that was, that's one that of those was, that sticks with me for some reason. Yeah, she was just a, another mold like that, where yeah, yeah, it was just an evil. Well, not evil, yeah, but, but you know, speaking to you very softly, but with contempt. Mm-hmm. It's that. Um, uh, what's her name from Harry Potter? Dolores Umbridge. Yes, that character, the 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 older woman bureaucrat who has tremendous power over you and is a little passive aggressive and just and will de- and will destroy you. Yes. It's, it's a very specific character type, and mm-hmm. Star Trek does those pretty well, I would yeah, say. Yeah, they do. 
and uh, she's she's in that mold. Um, and I like I like the way they looked. Actually, Matt, you you didn't. I thought the make like the design is cool, but the makeup looks really looked really plasticky to me. Mm, it just they looked very like <laughs> new dinosaur masks for your kids to wear. The, I mean, they were the, they were better than the Gorn. Uh, yes, they were better than the Gorn. Okay, but not much. <laughs> Their mouths had articulation, at least. I mean, yep, yep, that that is a plus. Then they never went. (laughs) (laughs) Although I wish they had, because it's my favorite. Um, And they had the like the oven mitt uh, dinosaur hands were not. Yeah, that I didn't love. They 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 all had Bosk hands. (laughs) I'm Bosk. Well, Bosk, the action figure, uh, the the. uh, bounty hunter from uh, Empire Strikes Back. The action figure had like karate chop hands, like they were frozen in, in palm flat. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't hold anything. <laughs> yeah, and he, he couldn't make him do anything. He was mm-hmm. just no. It's this lizard kung fu, I guess. Yeah, and he didn't seem to have elbows, so it was just yeah, just one long arm. <laughs> right, just a plank arm. Yeah, Boss would just charge at you on his unmoving legs, <laughs> waving his <laughs> arms up and down. <laughs> And that's how he defeated you. Mm-hmm. I'm Bosk, he would yell. <laughs> now, the hands were, were not great. They were like Hulk hands, basically. Yeah. But uh, I, I disagree. I like the uh, the heads. Mm. And again, once again, not just lazy, bumpy-headed humanoids, but put a little work into it, yeah. I thought. No, they look, they, you know, it's just the, 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 the makeup quality is sort of my problem, you know? That's fair. Just know, very how do you feel about plasticky this? rubbery. <laughs> I like yeah, I like the, the the makeup of the of the aliens. Thought they you know looked like dinosaurs and looked realistic to me. Mm. Um, mm. Maybe not as well. I didn't mind the hands too much, but I can see what you mean about the often mitts looking like often yeah. mitts. But then that's similar again to the episode first contact because they had weird hands as well. Oh, oh right, yeah. they did. I Co- coincidence? That. Yes. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> Also, Lilith does not appear in this. Oh episode. man, that would have been awesome! <laughs> but then they would have make up her all up. What J- yeah, I guess that's Jacody had to have sex with Lilith to escape. Uh, and so then Captain was- Kelsey Grammer shows up and is really upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> because the Enterprise uh, crashed into him again, <laughs> and then Voyager explodes. My yep. my God, Niles. <laughs> he was never in Star Trek, though, was he? Niles? Dave, no, I don't think David so. Hyde Pierce. It no, feels no. like he should have been. Feels no. like he should have been a fussy bureaucrat on some planet somewhere. Yeah, N- neither, like a neither was, neither was Maris. <laughs> as far as you know, <laughs> Maris was the guardian of forever. <laughs> oh my God, that would have uh, been me. <laughs> Gavel was your bad thing. My bad thing was th- this race was supposed to be a lot more advanced than Voyager, mm-hmm. um, which you could see, but well, from the massive ship that they had. And mm-hmm. and the fact that they could transport the the entire ship Voyager into the hull of their own, which was pretty. Oh yeah, that, cool. that that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I like that shot of it just sort of floating awkwardly in the middle of their ship, just like oh man. Yeah, that was cool. Really that was that was a good. But I mean, apart from that, there was nothing really else that I got that said that yeah. they were more advanced because we saw their one of their rooms in their in their ship, and it just seemed mm-hmm. like this your standard alien ship. To, yeah, to the me. set that they always use yeah, on no, it any... looks like any bridge from any episode of Star Trek. Yeah. They had a nice think, rug, but that was about it. I think the problem <laughs> Star Trek has with that kind of thing is that they, like, 
we we already have these these advanced future you know twenty fourth century humans, and it's I think probably hard for them to imagine something beyond that. Yeah, it's like, well, we're 24th century technology. How do we do 28th century? Yeah, like that's probably tricky and I I can see that. Also, these guys should be millions of years ahead because they left Earth before humans were even a thing. Mm. And so they, and uh, I don't know, maybe their religion set them back? That that wouldn't surprise me. Like maybe they had kind of a Dark Ages thing, which is why, I don't know. Also, as a race of dinosaurs, I feel like all their technology should look like Flintstone ships. (laughs) what <laughs> the bottom of the ship should just be legs yeah exactly yeah, a bunch of feet sticking out everything's right. made of like uh everything's made of like uh uh cheetah pelts and bones uh-huh with horns sticking out of it <laughs> and as they're walking through the ship the background just repeats over yeah exactly <laughs> walk past that lamp like 800 times No, I, I see what you mean, Gav, and there there were some, I mean, I liked the idea that they were so advanced, and basically it came down to Voyager was totally at their mercy, mm-hmm. and, like, they just had to wait for this this uh, priestess or whatever she was to make a decision, because Voyager was totally powerless to escape or help in any way, like, they were totally outclassed, and they were completely at the mercy of, like, either we die or we get away, depending on what she says, because we, our, our usual methods are useless against these people, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Like when the first time we saw the Borg. Yeah, exactly. Only it's a little trickier here because maybe you can reason your way out, but maybe you can't. Yeah, that's you know, it's just I'm so disappointed we don't if like if we don't see these guys again, which I don't think we do. No, so, I, have I, you seen ahead? I, do we? I don't think we do. If we did, yeah. they'd only be it'd only you know just make them rubbish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good. It's, it's better, probably better that we only see them the once. I guess that's true. I just, the concept for them is so cool. It is, and there's definitely more stories to tell there. Yeah, I, I as just... As long as you don't just follow up with that guy's, like, fighting the, the religious guys. There needs no, to be what, a different thing. No, I, but I love the idea of these guys trying to, like, they want they need to stop Voyager, because Voyager is proof that they're, like, you right. know, from the from Earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Mm. Um, be, they'd be, you know, stack them up with the, the phage guys, and that's... Yeah, that's all the guys. We yeah, have. no. So far, ones. we've we've gotten two solid, like, good alien races in the Delta Quadrant <laughs> yeah. out of uh, about seventy episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's something, I guess. Just did some quick math in my head. It is it's like twenty six episodes a season, and we're almost at the end of season three. So yeah, like like seventy some episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two good aliens. Good Excellent. work, Voyager. You're doing a bang up fucking job. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, the other, like, not my official bad thing, but a bad thing, something I didn't love, was uh, Chakotay was the guy, as Gav pointed out, for some inexplicable reason, they they took to their ship, and they let him defend humanity somehow, and, like, I he's the one arguing for the power of science and the power of, like, no, look, look at the evidence, look mm-hmm. at the observation, like, it's so, it's real, it's real, <laughs> and, like, that so should have been Janeway. He yeah. even says at one point, I'm a scientist. Are you? No, no, you're not. What, what, I mean, yeah, you you you're on a science fiction show mm-hmm. that doesn't make you a scientist. My my working plan right now is that uh, you know there was a firefight happening when uh, when uh, he kidnapped Chakotay and he was just trying to hide behind the plank of wood. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm I'm positive that's what happened. It's just like uh, this will do. Uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, you're human. I'm so sorry. I couldn't tell. 
I was looking for one of you. I, I guess you have camouflage ability? Against... I didn't know we were in common with a with wood. That's that's a new development. <laughs> Apparently evolved yeah. from tables. I didn't I didn't know that at all. <laughs> I just it it felt like stuff Janeway should have been saying, and it felt like I I didn't see evidence of this anywhere. Just this is a feeling I had that those lines were written for Janeway, and then they said Chakotay hasn't had enough to do this season. Change it to him. Yeah, yeah. But imagine that like speech at the end. But I mean, it was all very Star Trek. It was all very. The evidence of science and humanity is great, and together we can discover <laughs> our common ancestry and and you know learn things. And like, instead, it's just him. And like, even in Memory Alpha, there's a quote where they said, "Yeah, we wanted Beltran to do it because of his charisma." Yes, his what? Excuse his me. What? I does Bel is does Beltram have a gun to your head when you were making that quote? Like what? Yeah, his natural charisma. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I just I I want you to picture. Robert Beltram and the word charisma under him, like the, the they just don't work together. No, it's like I don't play D anD D, but I understand the idea that when he <laughs> rolls for charisma, he rolls a one every time. Charisma is his dump stat, <laughs> right? That's probably a thing. There's a certain type of person who is going to think that's hilarious, and that person is Scott. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, this episode is no time and again, but uh, well, what is? Got to got to work that in there somewhere. Uh, any final thoughts before we press forward? Uh, I did like how basically Gagan and the Voyager crew both want to get to Earth, um, but for differing reasons. But they're, yeah. they're, they're both searching for the same place. Yeah, he's effectively the Battlestar Galactica crew. Like, there's a mysterious, like, mythical planet called Earth that we came from that we need to find. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It's like Battlestar Galactica, but with dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Right. That, you just described an amazing show. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> A show that I already like with a concept that would make it even better. Mm -hmm. They're still robots, though, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, they're robot Magic dinosaurs, robots. and their and their and their spines glow when they have sex. Yeah, that's fine. Remember that? That was a that was a plot point. It sure was. So it's like Godzilla then, when his spine glows. Yes, exactly. Is it? Yes. Yeah. His his oh, his, right. his yeah his spine glows when he's gonna fire electric flames at oh. people. Mm -hmm. If that's a thing, I, I don't know. I thought I thought Godzilla was about uh, Brian Cranston's family, and uh, <laughs> no, it's about Brian no. Cranston's son's family. Oh right, sorry. It's about Godzuki. <laughs> of course it is. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, probably not. No, no, I think that's it. Have you a quote? Yes, I do. My quote is the best joke in the episode, and it goes thusly. I'll see you tonight. BYOB. What? Bring your own batleth. Is that the best joke <laughs> of the episode? Ah! I believe that it is. Because both things start with B? Yes. <laughs> Don't you see? Don't you see? I mean, say? listen, listen. as the only joke in the episode, it kind of has to be. <laughs> I think there were other jokes. I think we were concentrating on the cool sci-fi stuff, but I feel like it wasn't a super take-itself-seriously episode either. Like, there was some levity in here somewhere, wasn't there? Yeah, the uh, bring-your-own-battle joke, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, beyond that. No. Oh. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, I suppose it's time to move forward to the one... We all found a bit boring. Yep. Sure was. We're going to have a loose Beast to place. say about this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here we go. Paris and Bellana are just exiting the holodeck on their bat-left date, on their bring-your-own-bat-left date, <laughs> which was actually foreshadowed in the previous episode, like so much Lieutenant Kyle's mustache. 
when a stranger appears in the corridor. This stranger is one of those character actors I swear I've seen 700 times before, so I looked him up. The guy's name is Kenneth Tigar. A tiger in Africa? And his filmography includes Barney Miller, five different characters, including Jesus Christ, a Rockford File episode called Local Man Eaten by Newspaper, <laughs> so Matt should also recognize him. I'm not that far in yet. Ah, very well. And episodes of both The West Wing and its Mirror Universe doppelganger, House of Cards. <laughs> also, his character in the episode was called Damar, which is almost Damar, and that just makes me miss DS9 some more. This is quite a digression from the plot, I realize, but this is one of those episodes I could just summarize in one sentence, so I'm employing some stalling tactics. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of Rocky and Bullwinkle this week, and I was hoping I could find a smooth way to work that into my summary, but no such luck. Anyway, back to our story, such as it is. The Voyager crew gradually realize that their own numbers are disappearing one person at a time and being replaced by these alien guys. Unfortunately, none of the other aliens seem to have as impressive a filmography as Mr. Kenneth Tigar. This replace-one-person-every-few-minutes-or-so plot is discovered to be the brilliant scheme of the Nairians, who do this as a way of conquering people in the least interesting manner imaginable, at least from the perspective of a person watching this all happen on a TV show. Eventually, everyone on the ship is brought to the luxury prison of the Nairians, because this is Star Trek, they immediately begin plotting their escape. It was at this point I checked how much time was left, which we do not recommend doing, and you guessed it, 22 minutes. Take a drink. Bunch of ac- Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you've been drinking this whole time. I've heard it. <laughs> a bunch of action adventure happens, and eventually everyone escapes and everything returns to normal. But be sure to be with us next time for How Much Wood Could a Woodchakote Chuck If a Woodchakote Could Chuck Wood? Or Bury My Lungs at Wounded Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I, I knew I'd work it in there somewhere. Uh, that summary just makes me wish that Rockford and Bullwinkle existed. Yes. Oh, boy. This one was like, we we were talking about this while we were watching it just now, and it's like, there's there's half a good idea here, but they need to build on that. Like, there's not enough. I don't know that I'd say half a good idea. Maybe a quarter of a good idea. Okay. But the the, the abduction stuff should all happen in less than an act, and then a bunch of other cool stuff could have happened after that. I mean, can we, like, let's just get to that horrible the, the, the alien plan right away because it's my bad thing okay <laughs> like you have the technology to beam every like just beam people off their ship why not from just really do- far away like super far yeah away. why not just do it all at once what's why do we have to bamboozle everyone on the ship first like yeah like everyone treats it like oh you you guys you steal everyone gradually and you act like it's happening to you too so you know so that you'll gain our trust but like as soon as like as soon as everyone's on the planet that trust is instantly gone when they're like uh, we stole your ship morons like plus, just like after it happens more than once the voyager guys start getting suspicious and start investigating and looking into what's going on which any sensible like spacefaring race probably would do yeah exactly like just take them all at once or fucking beam yeah. them into space or something. What the no, hell actually, is wrong with you, hat aliens? They actually mentioned that they don't have the technology to do that. They say that. Nah. It's still terrible. I'm not going to not gonna argue that. But uh, but why do they have to yeah. beam them themselves over as well? Why don't they just beam them away one at a time? And then when they're all gone, they all go over. That's a good question, too. Uh, it doesn't. It's one of those. Let's do the mind blowing premise first, and then figure out the reason later. Things yeah. that I always hate that the show does. Damn you, Colonel Clink. <laughs> Lisa Clink. 
Lisa. Her name is Lisa. <laughs> it's, yeah, it just, uh, and the aliens just not like, okay, last episode, whether you agree or not that the, uh, the, the implementation was good, the design was good. Absolutely. And this episode, like, they make a point, it's a plot point. That these guys are super sensitive to the amount of light that we find comfortable and really want things way, was it warmer? Or, yeah, they wanted it warmer mm-hmm. than we find comfortable. And so that's cool. They're biologically different. I always like it when aliens are more alien on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I say this over and over again. I love it. But they look like humans wearing big hats. Yeah, it's like, uh, this is what really bugs me. Last last episode, we had cool dinosaur aliens. This episode, we have a guy with wearing half of a croissant on his head. Yep. And there's like, and but again, it's a big part of the plot that they're very biologically different mm-hmm. from humans, but they look exactly the same. But they have that hats. Just annoys me. Yeah. Well, we have hats too, Gav. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? But we're not allowed to wear them. No, well, there's no hats allowed on Voyager. Yeah. Don't wear your hat indoor. Where, indoors? Where were you born? He's got that no no silly hats rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Unfortunately, there is still a Hawaiian shirt Friday. <laughs> Well, that's that's how that whole stupid holodeck thing started. Mm-hmm. It's just easier this way. Yep. We're going to a luau on Star Trek. <coughs> We're going to the hooky luau. It just like nothing happened for a long time. I like and that first chunk of the episode feels long. Like it feels like an entire like I was genuinely surprised when I checked the time and there's still 20 minutes left because like. It builds to like a like a dramatic conclusion, not a good dramatic conclusion, but well, it's the whole thing building. the whole thing is the mystery of everyone disappearing. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, now we're on the planet. Typically, the structure is the last act. Now, now that we've solved the mystery, now we now we fix the situation we're in. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's only halfway through, and we spend the next twenty minutes doing that. And yeah. it just it, fucking the displaced adventure is just beginning <laughs> <laughs> to annoy me. Not great. <laughs> Uh, well, since we're doing bad things, Gav, what do you got? Uh, my, my bad thing is Chakotay picking on Vulcans again. Mm-hmm. He says, I never thought Vulcans had much of a knack for improvising. Hashtag stereotype. It, <laughs> it's, it's not like he, that uh, Tuvok can say anything back. And why is Chakotay just... Why? Why has he got a thing against I'm, Vulcans? Get over it. I mean, on the one hand, I still like that those two hate each other. Yeah. Oh, um, that's a... I'm but, fine with them no, hitting each other. Same, like, I thought the exact same thing. It's just like, what the fuck are you like, picking at Vulcans for? Well, that's, to me, that's always been the lazy Star Trek thing from the original series on. Is like, any human yeah, saying, well, Galileo all 7. you Klingons are just like this, or all you Vulcans are just... And it's like, it was fine when Bones was doing it, because he was trying to piss off Spock. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, Chakotay is just being a dick. Yeah. I, I never thought Vulcans had much of a knack for improvising. You know, they had an entire society before you guys showed up. They were right. doing pretty all right. We sure improvised a warp drive before you guys, like... <laughs> Let me introduce did. you to a little book called Spock's World, asshole. <laughs> we improvised a whole inner eyelid. How about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Let me improvise you a fist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't normally punch people, but uh, I think in your case... No, Tuvok does. Tuvok's a security guy. He punches people. Oh, that's yeah. true, yeah. Vulcans usually are kind of pacifistic, but but not Tuvok. Hey, prick. Yeah. Also, I really want to hear him saying those, like, threatening him that way, but, uh-huh. like, in his normal, even tone. Mm-hmm. 
How about I improvise you a fist? <laughs> Let's see. I'm closing my fingers one at a time. Oh, look what I've improvised. I wonder what I can do with this. Now, this is going to hurt a lot. <laughs> For you. I'll be fine. Yes. Also, I'm very strong. I'm Tuvok. Good day. <laughs> now, I, like I said, there's just there's not much here. No. No. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. The episode don't stop until the break of dawn. The break of break of dawn. Mm. I think you'll find. There there were some things to like. A couple of good things, though. And in fact, I have... Oh, yeah, like, name one. I, I could... Well, I can name two, but let's go through each of ours first, and then I'll come back for a second. All right. Um, somehow, impossibly, they, they set this up a few episodes ago, and they're they're gradually doing it. They're not laying it on us all at once. The courtship of Tom Paris and Bellana Torres is not so bad. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. They got some banter. They got some mm-hmm. cute, like, action scenes where they're bonding over stopping bad guys together, and uh, I, I kind of buy it. They have some chemistry. Mm-hmm. I see why these two characters are into each other, and I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like, like where they where, where they go with these or where they're going with these two. It's it's a yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good thing between the two characters, and it's and it also a bit feels like seri- gradual. Yeah, serializing right. as well. Yeah, that's that that's what I mean. Like it it doesn't feel like they decided they're together and next week they're together. They're yeah. telling a gradually told serialized like a little bit at a time, which works way better than like remember when they decided Worf and Troy would be together and then suddenly they were just together yeah no I was just thinking of that like this is the complete <laughs> opposite of that I love that they're, they're willing to put the, the time yeah in. there's courtship there's, yeah. they're actually like coming together over this course of several episodes mm. and I like that way better and like I say they have chemistry and the characters seem like they don't seem compatible on the surface but as they go into it it's like yeah okay I can mm. see this and I'm no longer and, disgusted by the concept now that Tom Paris is less garbage. Well, uh, there's that. He, they're definitely lowering his garbage levels. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's not just swooning and thinking he's great either. Yeah. She's like, she's calling him out on his shit when when he's being Tom Paris. You know, like that's that's part of it too. Is she's she's capable of not putting up with him when he's being terrible, and that makes it better, I think. Mm-hmm. But in general, I liked I liked these two. And I was surprised by that, and yeah. pleasantly surprised. Now, Gav, without spoiling specific plot stuff, I I do know that they end up together. Do they do they maintain good chemistry, or does it fall off the rails at some point? No, as far as I remember, they maintain good chemistry, as it were. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember it being you know jumping the shark, so to speak. Right. Yeah. The space good. shark. But if you'd like to find out what Gav <laughs> thinks, he has a website for that. Indeed. Oh yes. Uh, uh, usually we save that toward the end, but yeah, yes. let's go ahead and throw that out there now. Why not? It's called sickbaycheese.blogspot.co.uk. Is it .co.uk? I thought it was .com. Oh, well. No .co.uk. Probably oh, okay. Maybe, well, maybe both works. I don't so. know. Uh, <laughs> I know about my website. And it features my <laughs> short thoughts on every single Star Trek Voyager episode. And you can watch my descent into madness. <laughs> it's uh you 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 blazed the trail ahead of us like yeah. you were doing this while we were still doing the original series on this podcast mm-hmm. and so uh we yeah. were like oh oh boy it's not going to be like this forever mm. <laughs> gav gav has seen what comes next and it is not pretty no i, I have stared into the abyss and mm. come out again <laughs> and neelix looked back and then I, stared into it again i have stared into the necrot expanse uh. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Uh, but despite all that, Gav, what was you, you found a good thing here. What, what was that? Well, if I'm forced to pick a good thing, um, uh, I like how they, they A-teamed themselves out of the compound um, that the, the Nyrians put them in, the gilded cage, as it were, by making mm-hmm. an electronic key so, mm-hmm. and something bad happens. But yeah, the, the sort of <laughs> the A team stuff together to you know, uh, make things to escape from the place and then find these other um, environments, which is someone else's good thing, I think. I I I'm just picturing Lieutenant Mister T being there. <laughs> I get no no shuttlecraft. <laughs> what do you think, Lieutenant T? <laughs> Yeah, you know he had a he had a name on that show. It wasn't Mr. T. Yeah, I, look, I know that. Nobody okay. cares though. Yeah, that's fair. It was Lieutenant, Mr. T and the A team. Yeah, that's fair. Lieutenant Mr. T and Lieutenant Barkley. That's why the yeah. that's why the theme song went Mr. T the A team, <laughs> Mr. T and the A team. I, I never actually watched the A team. If you watch the A team. <laughs> You would have seen Mr. T. Is, is there more? That's all. <laughs> okay. Unless I can think of more, I'll let you know. No, all right. I was we'll, almost we'll stay, I was we'll almost stay on top of the more. story and, uh, and, and and let you know if it develops. <laughs> we'll stay ever vigilant. Yes. No, you're you're right, Gav. Though they they do some cool like uh, it almost felt like an adventure game. Like once mm-hmm. they broke through the one uh, environment and found like the control room, they started finding mm-hmm. objects they could use with each other to like solve the puzzle. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, even use though Neelix it was with portal, even though it was the fake Neelix that uh, helped them discover it. <laughs> you mean the Paul Lind alien? <laughs> the yeah, Paul Lind alien. Oh. Yes. All right, what's going on over here? <laughs> he had a real like. Those those guys in the seventies on TV who were clearly gay, but they couldn't say that, so they were confirmed bachelors. Wink. <laughs> but like the the super camp, like, hey, how's it going? Oh, he had that vibe to him. The the Charles Nelson Riley effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we always say Charles Nelson Riley and Paul Linder sort of interchangeable. There was a whole like crop of those guys who everyone in Hollywood knew and was fine with, but they were worried that Middle America was like, oh no, we can't. Tell them they kiss boys, because then what? Thanks a lot, Middle America. Yeah. Thanks for nothing. Look, I've only lived on one side and then the other. I can't. I can't take responsibility. Yeah, I've only lived on the cusp of America. Right. Cusp. Yes, cusp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, I like the concept of the the zoo ship, as it were, which is a like a giant spaceship full of uh, different environments. I have no idea why they have it or what they're using it for, but uh, I like the they, concept of it. They said in the episode, but I'm pretty sure all of our eyes glazed over when that happened. Oh, yeah. No, I just, again, I think it's weird that they're just storing all of these different people on different, like, layers of the ship while they steal their spaceships. It is a cool idea, but it's also basically the Talosians from the cage. Yeah. This is not a new Star Trek concept. In fact, it is the oldest Star Trek concept. Yeah, and I'm sure it's been in some Twilight Zones and some Outer Limits, and, Mm -hmm. like, it's it's a very old sci-fi idea that aliens are collecting various species for a zoo. Mm. Superman did it. Like, lots of people do it. Superman, why are you collecting humans for your zoo? I'm Superman. Fuck you. Ha-ha. That's pretty much it. <laughs> in the fifty, in the 50s, that was an answer enough, I think. Eat shit, Lois and Jimmy. <laughs> and to a lesser extent, Perry. <laughs> 
Anyway, no, I I do think it was a cool idea. Yeah. But uh, and and I I thought it was depicted pretty well too. Like when they're going through, like it, it's a little faky looking, but I think we were all okay with that. Yeah. Like them looking through the different like uh, portals or whatever and seeing like paintings of different environments. That was cool. No, there were some really neat ones. The uh, uh, I don't yeah, they had lava planet and water planet, ice and, world. You know, yeah, exactly. Swamp actually, that, I, I mentioned having two two good things. My my other thing was so, that, like I said, they made it a plot point that these guys are sensitive to to light and sensitive to um, to heat, mm-hmm. and or uh, sensitive to cold rather. They they want it warm. That's yes. weird. They want it dark and warm. Ew. That feels kind of counterintuitive, but. Anyway, yeah, maybe say- they want to be in Harry's mom's womb. <laughs> maybe, well, at this point, who doesn't on this maybe, show? Maybe they're related to mushrooms. Oh, that could be. Uh, that would explain yeah. the hats. <laughs> they're also looking for Earth. <laughs> because they're descended from Earth. Yes. yes. That, that um. wasn't as good as a story. <laughs> so ev- everyone's connected to Super Mario Brothers, really. Is yes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Next week, the turtle people. Um... But I, I, so they, they, it was actually a decently established plot point that these guys are very uncomfortable in the cold mm-hmm. to the point where when Janeway gets in the control room and manages to like get a weapon and, and threaten these guys, she forces them into the snow environment. It's like, fuck you. I could just leave you here. Like, how about that? So you don't, you don't like do the what snow, I want. do you? Oh, well, you could just live here forever like you were doing to other people. Mm. That wouldn't, and she, she did that great badass Janeway, I don't give a fuck, I'm leaving anyway thing yep. that I like. And uh, I don't know. I enjoyed that. Screw you, assholes. <laughs> yep. Although I did. Hope you don't get eaten by a whampa. <laughs> whampa? By a whampa. A whampa. I didn't like how they they kind of got away with it. That that they the, the people they kidnapped mm. were put back where they belonged, but then they just were free to go about their business on their planet. Yeah. Well, they anyway did say that she called all the other races that were abducted and they were all on their way. So yeah, at least, at least one of those them. people are going to be pissed off. Yeah, they got to have uh, the equivalent of a Klingon in that in that quadrant that would not stand for this shit and just like yeah, them. But, you took my Paul Lin guy. I'm going to fuck you but, up. But then that's all that's all on uh, Janeway's head, then isn't it? Yeah, I think she's okay with that. Mm-hmm. She as, didn't murder them. She didn't pull the trigger. She just handed them. As long as she doesn't, Listen, if there's as long as she doesn't say she's fine. Yeah. If there's one thing Voyager's good at, it's bailing on the check. Yes. I mean, that's that is one thing these guys have in common with the original series is Kirk was always fucking up planets and then leaving. Mm-hmm. And these guys, sort of by definition, are on their way somewhere far away, so they're always doing that. See you around, losers. This isn't my problem anymore. Yep. Janeway oh, away! Point and door watch. Gotta get back to the Alpha Quadrant there. <laughs> gotta duck got in some, the oven. Got some puppies that probably are full grown at this point. <laughs> uh, What else? Uh, let's have a look at my notes. A lot of angry notes about Harold being special, but that's mm-hmm. basically always going to happen from now on. Yeah, the usual, you know. I do like that all the people they abduct, like Chakotay's the last one. Mm-hmm. They made it a point of saying they took the ones they thought were the most useful the fir- like first. And then like he the, the there's a point where it's like him and like three guys left and he calls over the intercom. He's like anyone there and some no name ensign was like I'm here sir. Anyone at all? <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. I didn't like how we didn't really know anything about these aliens. 
in the last episode, we knew a lot about the society and about them, but mm. this one could have been anyone. We just know nothing about yeah, them. That's true. I- so I feel like hats. the episode doesn't even want us to like to like look at this. Like, you don't need to know anything about these guys. They're the least remarkable guys. <laughs> yeah, the story's just about action adventure and running through hallways and so forth. <laughs> but not in a cool way like Daredevil. No. I wanted to see more Daredevil running through hallways. <laughs> you wanted to see literally a thousand ninjas. I, I have. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's called Daredevil. <laughs> yep. Uh, Daredevil season too many ninjas. <laughs> yep. Go ninja. No, really, go ninja. Go. Oh, also, so they abducted everyone from Voyager and put them in one environment, mm-hmm. and they programmed it to be just like Earth. So, what about all the people on Voyager who were not human? Not our yeah. problem. They're not comfortable. Just always. Actually, they programmed it to look like the fucking yeah. uh, 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 hula set. Oh yeah, including that fan that you love. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that fucking fan. There's a point where they're talking about like surviving in this in this environment, and Chakotay's talking about, oh yeah, I know how to survive in the wilderness because I took classes in Starfleet. What what about all that flashback stuff we saw about you doing survival stuff with your dad? Like your frame of reference for survival is the classes you took in college. <laughs> mm-hmm. What what about growing up in the wilderness with with your like wilderness dad teaching you how to build tents and nah. kill animals and stuff? That, that nah. never happened. That was just fever dreams. Not important. Yes. Well, fever dream is probably an <laughs> even he brags about it to Tuvok at one point, and Tuvok's like, yeah. "Yes, well, I went out into the desert with just a knife and lived for four months." And I just yeah. wait, waiting for Chuck to go, yeah, well, I grew up in the fucking rainforest. But, yeah, I grew up no. in Central America, which by the 24th century still is, like, mostly jungle. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's probably more jungle. They probably put a whole lot back. Yeah. No. Apparently, just, just a couple of months in Starfleet is what taught him everything he knows about survival mm-hmm. and stuff. What? Yeah, shut up, Chakotay. <laughs> well, I mean... Shut up! And why did he even go to yep. those classes? Hey, you know what I need to know about survival? I'm going to take these classes instead of something else I don't yep. know anything about. <laughs> That's wow. just, that he saw that on the uh, what do you call it? He saw that on the list of classes. Like, oh, here's an easy A. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. I, I think all of us going to to college, like, uh, oh, there's a class on Star Trek. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh-huh. Then. <laughs> well, this will be easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psych. That's an easy science credit. Uh huh. Okay. No. Anything else? No. 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 Maybe? No. <laughs> the other one is like, I could I could clearly hear you like trying to rank. I have like five things, but I know he wants to move on. Okay, I'll pick one. Here, you're just like, nope. I have nothing. Uh, it wasn't like, when we go back like in a, in a couple of weeks and think like season three is over, what were the best ones? What were the worst ones? Most of them were the worst ones. Mm-hmm. But like... This wasn't so bad that it stands out. It was just completely unremarkable. Yeah. yeah. That was my thing. It's not like it's not good, <laughs> but it's not it's not painfully bad either. It's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. just it's just gray like the aliens. Yep. Yeah. Just with a completely hat. nondescript with a hat. Yeah. Like like Choco like Chicote without a hat. Mm-hmm. What was uh, that turning into? Chocote? Yeah, cho- I don't know where I was going with that. Cho- hat? I think yeah, I don't know. You should call him Choco from now on. Yeah, that's my boy Choco. It <laughs> <laughs> does sound like a Matt nickname, doesn't mm-hmm. it? That or he'll start calling him Charles. 
We're get we're getting there, honestly. He's been Chuck for a couple of seasons now. Yeah, I figure you'd be calling him Charles next. I do have a quote, which is part of the whole Bellana uh, Tom Paris thing mm-hmm. that that I liked, which is uh, her complaining about Klingons not liking the cold. I would have thought all that hot Klingon blood would have kept you warm. Shows how much you know about Klingons. They have much less tolerance for the cold than humans do. Really? I thought that was Cardassians. Well, they just complain about it more. And I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Nice nice dig at the Cardassians as well. Yeah, okay. take that, Cardassians. We don't mind them being racist about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all spoonheads. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it for this time. Yeah. Uh, we are almost, as I said, to the end of the season. Next week is our final pair of episodes, and then that's it. We're we're done with season three. Yeah. Christ. So I guess we got a supplemental coming up, so we do. So if you would like to hear us answer your email, uh, the address is postatomichorror at gmail. Uh, We would love to hear from you. Uh, Also, I'm only going to mention this one more time. We did have the fundraiser going for a while, and I'm going to put the link back on poststomachhorror.com one more time just because I'm looking at maybe doing a couple of other cons this year, and we fell a little short of our goals. Like, all of our costs are covered. We're good. But I was thinking maybe Rose City, which is in Matt's backyard, and I was thinking maybe Geek Girl Con, which is here in Seattle later this year, mm-hmm. would be nice. And if we had a little bit more cash, we could make those things happen. Yeah. So uh, if if you would like to help us out, uh, postsummercore.com, the link is there. Uh, like I say, if not, we're covered. It's yeah. just it's a couple of nice to have things, a couple of couple of cons that it would be cool to make appearances at and spread the word and so forth. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, check and that's out. all for this time. Yeah, uh, see ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.